The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, and on tonight's episode, I am joined by Bo Wilson in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and Jake Carlson in Atlanta, Georgia. How's it going, guys? You go first, Bo. Going well. Going well here in uh, rough water. I always love doing that, just saying, how's it going, guys? And then throw it up to both of you, like, give you both an answer, chance to talk over each other, and then we edit it in post. It's always great. <laughs> do that. I do that every single episode. Um, hey, uh, hey, Jake, it's your turn now. Oh, uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear. Um, well, I guess a brief rundown of tonight's episode here. We're going to talk the about the Oklahoma State basketball team, more specifically, uh, yesterday's win. And then um, over Texas at Texas, and then talk some NBA news and notes, Western Conference stuff, a little bit about Bradley Beal I hear as well, and then finish it up with the XFL. So leading it off here, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch the whole game yesterday. I watched the whole game on replay after I got back home from work, so I finished it around one or one thirty in the morning. But it was the beautiful Oklahoma State. Um, win over Texas at Texas on their senior night to give the Cowboys, uh, I mean, just an overall like great win. Led from the beginning to the end. Texas wasn't hitting shots. They took a lot of three pointers early. Never were able to recover and come back. What's like your Jake? What's what's your you know thoughts on the game? Um, so I didn't get to watch the whole thing. I was working, but I um, was able to turn on part of it on my phone and. Yeah, one of the things I noticed is Texas just looked really bad. Like they didn't look like <clears throat> I mean they what they're 19 and 12, is that correct? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, 19 and 13 maybe now. But yeah. Yeah, and so I mean they were going for 20 wins and I never I would have thought, you know, we would have been roles reversed, right? Like we would have been the ones with 20 wins maybe fighting for a tournament spot and that loss almost kicked him out of the tournament. It could have potentially kicked them out of the tournament, depending on how they do in the Big 12. But just watching it, it didn't look... I mean, Texas just looked terrible. But, I mean, we looked really good. We looked like we did in the beginning of the year. And, you know, I mean, one of the things with college basketball, as both of you know, is sometimes players just don't hit shots. And Texas just straight up wasn't hitting shots yesterday, whether they were open or not. Um, and so I think that was that saturated the score a little bit. I still think we played better than them. I still think we would have won even if they were hitting a, a certain percentage of their shots. But I think the coolest part for me that I saw, I think OSU basketball tweeted it out, is that this senior class has won in every Big 12 arena with that win against Texas. Yeah, I think that was a huge thing on the... <clears throat> I mean, on that fact, it's it's kind of incredible for this team to have, for these seniors, I believe, to have made one um, tournament appearance in their four years. It was the first year under Brad, uh, well, it's the second, no, it's the second year of their careers with Brad, or no, first year, excuse me, first year of their career under Brad Underwood, I believe. Um, a lot of them got recruited by Travis Ford. And then, um, for, but for them to have basically you know, go to the tournament once, get beat in a very close game by um, University of Michigan, have Underwood leave the next day, 
then have all the FBI investigation stuff, have a brand new head coach who's never been head coach before of any of any team, and have recruiting ups and downs, all type of stuff, to have on the resume that they have won in every single away Big 12, you know, every single away Big 12 venue. Um, it's pretty remarkable, I would think. Yeah, that, I mean, that kind of seems like a big deal considering I think we can, all three of us can agree that I don't want to say this was like a mediocre senior class because I thought it was a pretty good one. Um, but with like basic mediocre seasons, we've had not great seasons, you know, one tournament, um, they were recruited by Ford. They had, did they have three head coaches or two? I bl- I'm looking it up now to double check. That's, that's, I guess the one thing that I'm unclear of. I will say though, watching yesterday's game, Jake, and what you said about, <laughs> Um, about how much they won by, and both feel free to comment here at the end too, is that we we were hitting shots. Desagua was like 100% from three-point range yeah. Um, yeah. in the first half, and I believe he kept that up you know, and finished with still you know, a ton of <coughs> points. And Desagua, I mean, if Desagua was two for four, we still would have been up, you know, up at half by double digits. So... Which you know, which we you know, still fifty percent, still a little bit over his average, but still, it's that's more believable, and we still have been winning. I I do agree that Texas just was not in shots, but the key thing I've noticed about this team is that I have been watching you know every game at least replays or highlights or you know the full game live when it happens, and what I noticed in that Ole Miss game, the Syracuse games, um, that I went and watched back the highlights here um, last night is that, wow, this team played incredibly good defense and likely drove to the basket to free up lanes. You know, drove to the basket to free up space, etc. And then watching the Texas game, that's that was the game plan. It's the exact same thing. Drove to the basket, but it all starts as likely. He's, you know, it's almost like the head of the snake thing. You know, you cut off the head of the snake, you know, the rest of it can't do anything else, right? And that seems like what happened to this team is that all of a sudden, the leader of the team, probably inside the locker room, but definitely on the court, who has a lot of experience, um, you know, playing overseas and the U19, all type of stuff over the summer, and then being a sophomore season in Oklahoma State, once he was out due to mono or whatever the <coughs> flu was and that type of stuff, that we just fell apart. We didn't look the same at all. We are starting D Mitchell against Houston, who all respect due to him, that guy, but he was playing in intramural games, you know, before um, last season. So it's not like he's the greatest dude ever. And all of a sudden likely's out. And then of course, when likely comes back in, gets to full health, we play really close against Baylor twice. We play kind of close against KU once, uh, one of the two times. And then, you know what, we go ahead and, what, are we going to finish in Big 12 play, almost 500 now, after opening up the season 0-8? I mean, I'll take that as a W. Maybe we're a little bit under 500, but still, like, oh, not Big 12 play, 0-8, and now get to where we are. I'll take that as a win on the season, at least itself. Yeah, I think, kind of like what you are saying with the uh, Isaac Likely, I think that's where they definitely fell off. Um, I think going into the season, Ice was the the point guard he was the facilitator of the offense and without him that's where they just fell apart and they didn't know what to do um but i agree with you calvin as far as like going almost 500 in the big 12 after starting off as poorly as they did that is definitely a a solid progression 
in the season. And then I want to bring up, like, going back to the Texas game a little bit, too, is that um, I don't think the fact that they won every single Big 12 stadium was on their mind because I was I was honestly expecting a lot more emotion from the seniors just because it was their last regular season game, but it wasn't their last game, at, like, in college. But um, I just think that they were have, being having that said, I think – they were just playing basketball, really. It's like they weren't really, um, you know, focused on just uh, like going for the Big 12 tournament. They just wanted to end on a good note and um, just go down to Austin, kick butt. Yeah, I. It was funny. I was my girlfriend even brought this up, and she said, um, she said that uh, like you could tell there was a big drop off when likely went out but the the hard part was is like even when he did come back it looked like it still wasn't back to where we were supposed to be like it it, it didn't seamlessly you know fit back together like we thought it would um and i think that was excuse me (coughs) that was the more frustrating part about it is once he did come back you know it was kind of like well what's going on now? Like, well, Isaac's back, right? So we should be okay. Um, But that didn't happen. I think that was more frustrating than anything. And then I do think Boynton made a good call by um, bringing Bizago off the bench because it seems like he significantly upped his progression once um, he did start coming off the bench and Laurent started playing a lot better when he was starting. Yeah, and... um... I mean, really, Dezogwa, I would think, would be, like, your prime. I mean, I hate comparing, like, guys, to, you know, college guys to NBA guys, but to give, like, a reference, you know, the, the guy who's going to come in, be the Jamal Crawford, and just hit a bunch of shots and be a streaky shooter off the bench, right? And, you know, as much as I hate making a comparison, I'm still going to do it, just because that's, I think, how Dezogwa helps out the team. If he's able to come in, hit some shots, and then not be horrible on defense which he's never really been truly horrible on defense he's at least been able to hold his own ground or when he gets switched on to the wrong guy you know not foul the dude at least you know and have that going for him but also Laurent just Laurent with the experience you know being a grad transfer and everything has really helped out the team and especially yeah last night's win too and then I did have a moment here to look it up while uh, both of you guys were talking. So that, that first season for Lindy Waters, Thomas DeZogwa, and Cam McGriff was uh, coached by Brad Underwood. And Brad Underwood's only season in Oakland State. The assistant coaches were Lamont Evans, Mike Boynton, and uh, Danny Henderson. But they lost by one in the opening round of March Madness to Michigan. And then, of yep. course, the next day, Brad Underwood left Oklahoma State and went to go coach at Illinois. Um, I mean, to note that that team also finished fifth in the Big 12, which I believe is the highest that any in the last four years we finished in the Big 12. So, I mean, it's just kind of, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, the, the previous the previous season before that, so we're now talking five years ago before these guys came to campus, um, Oakland State was 12-20 and 20 and 3-15 and in Big 12 plays. So, I'll take this season over at least the five years ago season. You know, well, I'll take this I, I, year over the last year of uh, Travis Ford. Yeah, I, I second that just because um, 
And Travis Ford, he was on the end of his term at OSU, so we we kind of knew he was going, so it was just kind of like, just blow the whole thing up at that point. Let's get a new coach, and um, I think that's why we had the success we had with the uh, Brad Underwood season, because they were ready for something new, something to move forward with, and then um, another thing happened where he just left, and then Mike Boyden happened, and I think that's where it's like, Mike Boyden definitely uh, is changing the program to you know, better better ways. Also, I mean, I'm looking back here. It's kind of reminiscing. You guys want to guess it, um, who was the highest recruited guy out of the three of those guys to come to Oklahoma State out of our three seniors? Who was the four star? Wasn't Dezago the four star? It was it was Waters, Lindy. He oh, was, it was uh, Lindy. Yeah, it's a four-star. Dezago was recruited as a point guard. Um, at least that's what he was in high school. And he's, he was a three-star. And then Cam and Griff was also a three-star as well. And there's some, just some, you know, just some. Actually, um, actually, McGriff's kind of back and forth. There's a couple that say three, and there's a couple that say four. All of Lindy's were four, um, but still. So, kind of interesting. Thought, thought I'd give that update, you know. On how these guys kind of finished out as being recruited as, you know, kind of three and four stars to Oklahoma State. But do you think do you think we can make a run in the Big 12 tournament? Do you think we, we the first round matchup, I believe, is set. We're going to play Iowa State. It's either the eight or the nine seed. I think it's now the eight seed because we won last night. But then the second game is against number one overall seed, KU. So do you think we have a chance to, one, beat Iowa State, and then two, maybe get past KU? No. Yeah, I think you're. If you're <laughs> is it a is it a run, yes then no or is it a games. just no? We're not going to win the first game. Yes then no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think if defining a run as winning one game, then yeah, we'll make a run. But <laughs> yeah, we're gonna lose to Kansas. <laughs> we'll start the treadmill. I'll put it that way. We're just won't get a couple steps in and beat KU. Yeah. I think. I I do think we could. Have a chance to, you know, I mean, if we were like the sixth seed or something and they play, had played better in the regular season or whatever, we'd have a better chance. But KU is going to be in the KU might be the number one overall seed in March Madness. They actually probably will be at this point, And I don't see us knocking them off and making any run at it. But it's kind of fun to think about for a second, you know, see maybe uh, maybe the boys rally and beat KU basically at KU when it's in Kansas City. Um yeah, it's well, it doesn't help when Azubuki gets to just push everybody around the whole game. Yeah, you know, you know, it really doesn't. I will I will agree. I will agree. It's hard to win basketball games like that. Yeah. Baylor learned that the hard way at Baylor. Um, well, I guess moving on to a little, you know, a little bit of thinking about stuff for next year. I don't know if this team will make the NIT or not, but at the end of the day, that's not a huge plus or minus for me. It'd be great to see these guys keep playing basketball. But now, after this game, and definitely after this week, my mind's going to be focused on next year, on the 2020-2021 season with maybe number one overall recruit in the country, but definitely top three, Cade Cunningham. Bo, what is your like dream lineup for next year for Oklahoma State? Let's say, let's say Cade starts, and then no other recruit starts for Oklahoma State coming in next year. You got to see I pick from Cade, and then the current roster here. What's your dream lineup? Yeah, so I have actually I have Kate as shooting guard. We'll put Ice as point guard still since he's locked up that position. I feel like after this year, um, Yor is going to be center, Caleb as power forward, 
And then shooting forward, like Chris Harris, if he's healthy. Yeah. I don't know how how long was he set to be out. That's one. I think thing. he's going to come back next season. I believe it's an ACL okay. or M- or ACL or MCL tear. So I think he'll be good for next year. Jake, what about you? Um, we talked about this on a previous one. How we didn't know if with Cade coming in, if likely would come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess if if he does, then you know. I would agree with the one, two, and three with Bo. Bo, who's the power forward you said? Caleb? Yeah, Caleb. Who's that? Am I... He's the one of the twins. Brother, yeah, number the tall oh, brother. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, so... He can move really well. I think he'll just need to bulk up a little bit like Cam. Yeah, and then... So... I mean, realistically, the three is probably going to be a freshman, right? Yeah. The, uh-huh. I mean... You think so? I... I mean, I think it could be either JT Thor or uh, that Matthew Alexander Moncrief, but yeah, we we haven't gotten Thor yet. Um, but Ander- Anderson, are we, are we saying Anderson's out of the starting lineup? I Avery, I just I just don't want to start three guys. You know, I don't want to start three point guards. Yeah, I guess it, it, it if. If it's my like dream lineup, it's I th- I think what's going to happen is is that Cade's going to guard the second best player on the other opposing team because mm-hmm. because let's let's say it best um a lot of a lot of guys that Oklahoma State plays in the Big Twelve their best players their point guard and likely is in there to play really really good defense or Anderson is and so I would say it'd be yeah you'll be playing three point guards but. One of them is six six, and the other two are kind of a little bit undersized to play point guard in the NBA. But you know, excuse me, undersized to play a shooting guard in the NBA. But you know, for college, it doesn't matter as much. I think likely Anderson, Cade, then the Caleb Boone brother, the taller one, as well as Yor, would be a dream lineup. Um, just, just, just because at the end of the day, Cade's going to have to score like twenty plus points a game. I think that's the that's the big thing. Is that Maybe the Moncrief, uh, Alexander Moncrief or JT Thor or Rondell Walker are just lighting it up, coming in off the bench, or maybe they get in the starting role and they're killing it, or Chris Harris or whoever. But this team seems to be centered around defense, especially if Likely comes back. And I don't think there's any way Likely doesn't start if he comes back at this point. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> but he also definitely needs the ball in his hand to be good and also – but. That's also what Cade needs to do as well. Cade's a good shooter, but he's not he's not knocking down shots from everywhere. He's not he's no he's definitely gonna be more Ben Simmons type than Steph Curry. And it'll be interesting how it works out with both those guys, but I would definitely have the ton of point guards, but also having Cade guard the small forward, shooting forward or, or whatever, and then have Anderson likely guarding them, you know, point guard and shooting guard for the other team. And mixing it up there. Yeah, it seems like we might we might get lucky again and have another deep lineup. And you know, we're also not factoring in um we always seem to get a good a solid grad transfer as mm-hmm. well once the year ends. Um and you know, if JT Thor comes in then that'd be fantastic as well cuz he's really really good. Um and so yeah, like I 
I anticipate getting a grad transfer, you know, probably from like, I don't know, Yale <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I'm just throwing out a school. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would personally like, like a probably likely and Cunningham backcourt and then hopefully like a grad transfer that can fill the three. Um, and then the interesting thing too, is like having two centers. Yeah. Two college centers, at least. Um, I don't think if either of them were to make it to the NBA, I don't think either of them would play center, but it's having two college centers too can be difficult. I mean, we should be a good rebounding team, good defensive team. Like Bo said, you know, he needs to put on weight, but that'll happen over the summer. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's it, it. We might be limiting ourselves a lot on the shooting end of the floor, um, next year. Yeah, just looking at be, it on paper. Yeah. I think a lot of it is going to be our power is going to be inside the paint with the rebound rebounding and also just that's that's going to be our bread and butter, I think. The one thing I, I would wish is for somehow, some way for Dezogba to come back for one more season. Because I feel as though next year, Dezogba coming off the bench would just be lights out with Cade being able to pass on the ball and him being true, truly with, you know, you got likely um, Anderson a little bit, but likely and Cade driving to the paint and then be able to pass out to Dezogba. I think he'd be lights out next year if he was able to come back. But unfortunately, got to graduate at some point, right? <laughs> I just, I don't want our team next year to just be way too clogged. Yeah. That's what I worry about, I guess. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> we'll have to just see what that. I mean, I'm no guru. So. Gotcha. Well, moving on a little bit here on the podcast time to talk uh jake maybe just give you a minute here how are you feeling about bradley beal man how are you as the as the resident wizards fan that i know or wizards fan that i know how are you, how are you feeling about him um he is an absolute world beater i mean i'm watching the wizards game right now okay um <clears throat> and they're playing the heat um but it's I mean, I, I go and look at the box scores, especially since the All-Star break, and he is just lighting it up. I mean, it he's increased his three-point percentage by four points. So he, he was at 31 a little bit ago, and he's at 35 now, um, which is good considering how terribly he was shooting from three, and I'll be the first to admit it. He was not shooting great from three at the beginning of the year. Um and now I see a lot of six for eight games, seven for 10 games. He was eight for 12 the other day. And, you know, when, and just the fact that he doesn't get, I mean, he's averaging 30 points and this team is terrible. Garrison Matthews is playing right now. Do you even know who that is? No idea. You shouldn't, you shouldn't. But, I mean, is he but a point guard? I don't even know what position he plays, much less where he went to college I, at. I barely know what position he plays. He, I think he went to, like, uh, like Belmont or something like that. Um, but it, it's just, 
like we're four and a half games out of the playoffs and we have like the second hardest schedule, like top five hardest schedule going um, after the all-star break. And so it's going to be very difficult, but I mean, <clears throat> I watched um, most of those two fifty point games and we should have beat the bucks, but Rui, God forbid, couldn't pump fake. Um, so we didn't, he, if he, pump fakes and makes one free throw it's game over because it ended up going to overtime and after that like chris middleton scored 40 and he just rose up on somebody um after they got knocked down on an illegal screen but again i'm, I'm splitting hairs at this point i'm biased um but it, it it's extremely frustrating that he doesn't get the love that i always use trey young as an example one because i'm in atlanta and i have to hear about him all the freaking time yeah and two like he's the other crappy player that made the all-star game or crappy, crappy team player. His team sucks. They're worse than the wizards. Oh and yeah. They're I, 14th in the East. And I was, I was thinking this, I was like, you know, Bill Simmons always does the what's age the worst thing. And I was thinking what's age worse. The fact that Trey young started in the all-star game or Bradley Beal didn't make it. Relatively, what is aged worse? I think Trey Young starting is what we're going to look back at because at the end of the day, Devin Booker got in because of a, a substitution in. But yeah, I, remind me if I'm missing something here. But at least from the West, I don't think there are any All Stars from non-playoff teams besides Booker. I mean, there was no one from Golden State, Minnesota, Phoenix, San Antonio, Portland. New Orleans, Sacramento. So Portland had Damian Lillard before he, um, you know, was injured and he had was replaced. So there's one team in the West that had an All Star All Star player. Now it's not yep. currently in the playoffs. For for the East, Washington's right on the cusp of being in the playoffs. They are the ninth seed currently in the East. Now they're still three or four and a half games back, but that's right now today. I don't know what it was at the All Star break and. I, I could be reminded if I'm wrong again, but I don't think another team that's currently not in playoff, not in the playoffs race right now, Charlotte, Chicago, Detroit, New York, Atlanta, Cleveland, had an all-star um, player at all besides Atlanta, right? So, yeah, it's almost and, not adding up. You know, there's either and, too much of the fan vote counts for too much now, or... Or does Trey Young was just really undeserving, but the NBA goes, oh, man, we got to put this guy in here just because of whatever it is, right? Yeah, and, you know, I'm not saying Trey Young shouldn't be an all-star. You know, none of us like Trey Young because he went to OU and that whole thing that happened when we were there. But <clears throat> I, I think he should have been an all-star, but I think the fact that Bradley Beal wasn't an all-star is also just as disrespectful. And... I think almost you could even look at the fact that like Jason Tatum wasn't a starter is not great either because he was absolutely killing it. Um, but it, it, it just, it, it boggles my mind that, I, that, you know, and, and Bradley Beal doesn't really care. I mean, he's just kind of like, well, that that's kind of dumb. I thought I should have been an all-star. And I think he was the, He's the player that's averaged the most points um, that's never been an all-star in like 40 years. Now, I'm not I'm not all about the points. I'm not all about um, 
all of that. But I think I think your whole game matters, and Bradley Beal's been terrible defensively. You know, I can't argue that. And depends how you look at defensive efficiency. If you think that's actually valid, I don't. I'm not a mathematician either. I don't know what what goes into calculating that. But I know when I watch Bradley Beal play defense, he's at least out there trying. And I know when I watch Trey Young play defense, he's not trying at all. So, mm-hmm. and and also like I, I went and crunched the numbers a couple weeks ago, and like Trey Young is averaging like three more free throws a game than Bradley Beal is. And like when you when you take, I mean, three free throws per game. That's a lot of points. And you have like 15 wins. Like he's averaging 10 free throws a game. Yeah, and that's Bradley, not acceptable and, to be honest. No, it, and it's just because he's small. And I hate to break it to you. I don't care if you're small. That doesn't mean you should get more opportunities than anybody else. You know, this isn't like a discriminatory issue. Like most people just drive a truck or something. They want to compensate for their smallness, or they just are mean people because they have little man syndrome. I don't know, but they don't. But, draw, they don't get more foul calls. Is what you're saying, which I definitely yeah. agree with. And yeah. the other thing I would and, say here is too is that Bradley Beal is the guy for the Wizards, right? There is yeah. no one else that that is of significance on the team. Rui's having. I, I I don't even know if it's a good year or not. ESPN, it's not updated me, but they've told me thirty thousand times that Trey Young scored fifty in a game. Plus, and I guess the difference is that would you, Jake, would you rather have Beal have back to back games like he did previously of 50 plus points, but in losses, which clearly ESPN and All Star voting and all type of stuff is not mattering because, again, Trey Young started the All Star game, mm-hmm. or would you rather your team win? Right? Like, is, is that where we're, because I think that's what the question is right now. of would you rather team actually win, or do you rather have your guy score fifty plus when we know Beal can, but it mm-hmm. just didn't lead to wins for his team? Yeah, and that's that's the tough part because I would rather win. You know, I'm right. a Wizards fan. I'm a I'm a Wizards fan because of Bradley Beal, but that doesn't mean I'm sitting there every day going, "Can Bradley Beal just score fifty so he looks like the the best player?" No, I want to go to the playoffs. I want to compete for. Um, a championship. I know that sounds insane, but uh, yeah, like as a as a sports fan, that is what you want because what's best for the team is also best for the player. And you know, he also had he had an undefeated article um, that came out a couple days ago, and he was saying that he wanted to be a Wizards player for life. And the whole Kobe stuff kind of inspired him a little bit more. And he talked about John Wall and. I, I'm sure you guys remember a couple of years ago when they were pinning the two up against each other. And it's like, I don't know what, what they have against him. Like what does my thing is, what does Trey young have that Bradley Beal doesn't have? Or what, what is the point of pinning two players on the same team up against each other about something that's completely inaccurate? So I'd say, what does Trey young have over <clears throat> Beal is, He's a point guard. Flashy. I mean, they play. It's, yeah, it's they, just they play, play d- different positions. Right. I don't know how many points. <clears throat> so, so let's see here. I think it was. I know it was last week. 
but I'm not seeing a lot of Bradley Beal footage in my Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, or whatever feed. But you know what I do know is that um, I believe it was Trevor Ariza checked um, Trey Young into the floor because he tried to bounce past the ball between his legs and not make him. Right? Like, I've seen that like 7 million times. You know, I saw it on ESPN, I saw it on Instagram, I saw it wherever. But I don't know how many, I don't know how the Wizards did. You know, I also don't know how a lot of other teams did, to be honest, right? Like, the Hornets were picked to probably finish last in the East, and I think we've heard two things about them, and it's really the fact that the announcer called um, James Harden having a quadruple-double last night because he had 10 turnovers <laughs> as long with 10 points, 10 assists, and 10 rebounds, I want to say, too. But, I, like, that type of stuff, you know, is what is what we're seeing, and the other, the other thing I think about a lot too is that I, I, you know, I follow Bleacher Report for like the last five, six years or whatever it's been. You know, I had the app, the whole thing, and Bleacher Report's gone from being like article heavy, um, sharing stuff that is content related as far as news and notes. You know, oh, here's how Danilo Gallinari for the Thunder did last night. Here are the most, here are the fifteen most valuable assets of the trade deadline. Here's et cetera, et cetera. Right. They've used to do that, and now it's, oh, Trey Young and Luca both stared while Luca threw a half-court shot up, you know, or, or whatever it is in the All-Star, uh, the rookie rookie challenge, the All-Star game, or whatever oh, that, they I, do. I, un- I unfollowed Bleacher Report because they're terrible. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just changed. <clears throat> They've changed from being, like, one of those news sources where I could follow a lot of oh, this is what's going on in the league. This is, you know, what's going on around the NBA. You know, living in Oklahoma City for a while in San Diego, now Detroit. Like, you know, able to follow whatever, like, niche I wanted to. And now it's like, oh, well, oh, yeah, Le- LeBron had a quote after the game. Okay, cool. Oh, Kawhi didn't have a quote. Oh, okay. And he said he wasn't sponsored by Gatorade. Okay, cool. But I don't know how the Wizards did. I don't know how the Hornets did. I don't know how... The Kings are doing this year, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? You know, the, I know the Suns are doing good to start, but it's kind of how it is. Well, and we hardly hear about the Grizzlies, too. Like, that's just another example of a team that is right on the cusp of the playoffs. Not to interrupt you, Bo, I, I of course, want you to speak. But, like, that that's another team. It's like, <clears throat> you know, the Zion stuff, too. I don't dislike Zion. I don't think he's a bad person at all. But am I tired of hearing about him? Absolutely. Like, I I know how good he is. Yeah, like, it's been two years. I know how good he is. I know what he is able to do. Like, that that pass from Lonzo to Zion on the alley-oop was disgusting because it was from, like, three-quarters court. And I think, like, it's it's just extremely frustrating. And I... That was one of the reasons that I started to dislike LeBron because of all that stuff. But Zion isn't LeBron, and I don't think he ever will be. Um, <clears throat> I don't think he's that much of a narcissist. Um, but okay, so, okay. So just for <laughs> just for reference, I looked up the um, All Star Game starters. So Embiid, I think everyone was fine with that. Siakam, I think everyone was fine with that. But then you have Kemba and Trey Young. I'm okay with Kemba or Tatum. So, you know, and Tatum's gone off since the All-Star break. But beforehand, you know, I'm fine with him being an All-Star. Um, 
the, the Trey Young one is is irritating because I feel he's getting the nod to be a starter because he's big on social media or whatever, right? Like I feel so like he, as the, that is that is where it's way too much of a popularity contest. Where at home sitting here in Detroit, you know, watching, you know, and I'm not, I haven't seen one full Atlanta Hawks game the whole season, right? But going, oh my gosh, okay, all right, Trey Young scored again, cool. And you know what? I I know I'm annoyed by it because he went to OU. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm not right. Like I know I'm annoyed by it because the dude did go to OU. But at the same point, I'm also like, yeah, but we swept him when he played for OU, and you know, they lost in the first round of March Madness. So, so be it, right? Like, you know, it's not like he torched OSU or anything like that. You know, we we swept him that year. So, to me, I'm like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. But there's not like a ton of primetime NBA games, you know, where it's showing the Hawks. Like last night, we didn't, we saw, I, I watched the Sixers play Golden State Warriors. Um, you know, it was the, like, the latest game on. And the Sixers, I believe, started um, Tobias Harris and Al Horford. And I don't think Embiid or Simmons played. And then for the Warriors, I knew one, Steph- player, I knew one player for the Warriors that started because right. I was watching. Right. And for the Warriors, I. I don't I don't know who the player you're talking about is. Maybe I should know who it is. But Wiggins. I know. Wiggins was the only okay. one that I knew starting. Okay, so so Wiggins starts. Oh, okay. Start? Yeah. So No. It was Damon Lee, like Damon Lee. Molson. Molson. Something like that. Yeah. Um Marquise Chris and somebody else. Right. But I guess I guess what I'm getting here is, is that even with um, the Warriors having season they've had, where they've just dealt with injuries, right? Like that that sucks. That is what it is. It just sucks, right? The Sixers. I mean, I guess Simmons and Lee are both injured. I didn't know both of them were injured. Maybe I should have known that. But I think I knew I knew Simmons was injured for sure. I didn't know Embiid was, and he's always injured. I mean, true, true. <laughs> but at the same point, like I I don't know. I'm just um. Oh, man, did the Hawks play somebody last night? Oh, wait a second. Did they play against the Memphis Grizzlies with the number two overall draft pick? Man, you know what I'd love to see? Flex scheduling. Let's see Trey Young get picked apart by John Morant. Let's see some of that happen. And that is something I would really love. And I know Bill Simmons talked about it before. I'm not coming up with the brightest study in the world off the top of my head with no research or knowledge. I'm coming at this just like anyone else's where we thought about it for a while and heard it on other podcasts before too, but I'm all for it. I think flux schedule would be great. Just and just have it for Wednesday and Saturday games. Make it um, make the flux scheduling a month before the game would happen. So you know what? Uh, you know every you know one month before that Wednesday and Saturday games flux schedule out because we both know uh, all three of us know teams have crazy travels plans you know um the thunder you know played in detroit then they went to new york and then boston and you know the pistons played back-to-back where they played at home home (coughs) last night against the jazz and they flew played new york um today you know or last night after the game was over i don't know which one but just make it a month out beforehand and flex schedule it because i'd much rather see jaw play trey than a bunch of backups for the Sixers and a bunch of backups for the Warriors, right? Yeah. Go ahead, Bo. No, Bo, you got you got something to say here. You got the. Floor. I'm a really big Bradley Beal fan. <laughs> As we all can tell, huge Bradley Beal fan. 
literally the only thing I looked up before the podcast started was the article that you mentioned, Jake, as far yeah. as like him staying in Washington. And honestly, what I have to say about Bill is good for him. Um, I, I honestly did not pay attention to him lighting up the league with the 55 points, but you know, good for him. I mean, um, yeah, I definitely hope he, he stays in Washington just because just to see that again. I feel like we haven't had a player like him just devoted to one team and just being so loyal to one team for so long. Um, and then as far as Bleacher Report goes, uh, I think, <laughs> going back a little bit, <laughs> going back a little bit, I got to get my words in here. Um, I think Bleach Report, kind of like what you were saying, Calvin, how that was your that was your main main news. You know, you just went there for all your news. Now it's just like they can throw out anything they want to because they have that following now. And I think they'll continue to do that just because they they know they can. So I think don't don't get too too hurt by them. All right. They they're just doing it because they can't. Well, no, I'm not I'm not saying they're doing anything bad i'm just saying that's how everything has changed i i i've, uh, I've been watching okay. the yeah, i've been watching the nba since lebron james came to the league in 03 and that's where i like really started following the nba and then of course when the thunder came to oklahoma city in 08 that ramped it up another level but yeah i've, I've been watching the nba since then and i've noticed that oh yeah steph curry definitely deserved to win back-to-back mvps and yeah there's a bunch of other stuff with it but there's now the, I'm going to show you the House of Hoops highlight, or over, I'm going to show you a great transition defensive play, or, you know, breaking down a lot of film, or whatever on ESPN. There's less of Tim Legler breaking down, you know, why this guy played so great, and why this guy didn't, and what mistakes they made, what mistakes they didn't, and a lot more of, oh, Trey Young nutmegged a guy, or Zion Williamson flew in the air, or whatever it is, right? And it's a lot more highlight driven than it is um basketball analysis driven and as a guy who really loves watching the nba every single night i just want to see a little bit more of what i missed out in high school right i want to see a little bit more of oh that's how they did that you know or oh man that's a great play and still more of that and less of the crazy highlights you know i'm, I'm just saying for and you know for bleach report i know they've changed strategies and i understand why that's where everything else has moved and it's all into 10 second videos now but I'm just saying, if I have a choice, I'm choosing to watch, you know, a couple minutes over, you know, why Luka is one of the best players in the NBA and why isn't Trey Young great at defense? You know, it's because he doesn't try. It's because he doesn't understand the defensive sets. Is it because he's just a small dude and it's never going to work out? Or is it a combination of all three? And I assume it's a combination of all three. But, you know, it'd be, it'd be cool to see that, like, broken down on film. You know, and, and have somebody at ESPN or the ringer or whatever be like, here's why Trey Young will never be ever in the conversation for a defense player of the year is because of <laughs> X, you know, insert X, whatever it is. But the other thing I have to say is, is that we're, we're watching these guys night in, night out, right? We're seeing Luca, we're seeing John Morant, we're seeing Zion Williamson. Of those three guys, Luca, Zion, and Jaw. Which do you think will have the best NBA career? I'll, I'll take this one first. Okay, go ahead, Buck. So I kind of ranked it as far as like separately, not like one, two, and three. So okay. for Luca, I wrote down where it's like because it's more of a, like a baton handoff from Dirk to Luca. I think 
he'll have a solid career. Okay. And then... Jake, you still with me here? Yep. All right, we definitely lost Bo, so wait for him to come back. <laughs> but I definitely agree. Like, having having Luca be number one, um, I think that's inevitable. I, I do think because of his size and athleticism, he's a great... It's a great chance to be um, an MVP winner, uh, maybe multiple-time MVP winner, although right now that just seems tough because there's so many great guys in the league. But then I'm going to say what something that might surprise you. I'm going to say I think Ja will have a better career than Zion. I just think that there's way more of a chance that a guy who has the ball in his hands bringing down the court every single night and being the star guy for – Memphis will have a better chance at having um, really, really high success and being able to distribute and be able to make other guys around him look great every single night versus, um, you know, versus, I guess, Zion, who is a human highlight reel. Don't get me wrong. He's amazing. He's great. He's incredible. But he sat out half the season. Like, that. that's going to, you know, we're only one season in, so I'm taking what I have right now to learn from. And... Yeah, he, you know, he sat out, you know, for for like half the season. I know it's precautionary and a lot of their stuff too, but still, it's uh, it's kind of tough, right? Yeah, and like I, I think Luca might have. I think he will have the best career just because one, he is the best free agent destination. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the big factors with the other two is can they get people to come play with them? Cause that always seems to be the key in the NBA. Like that's why the wizards suck. Nobody wants to come play in Washington and I don't really blame them. Um, and so <clears throat> that, I think that'll be the struggle between the two. Now, luckily, um, new Orleans is like loaded with picks and young players. You know, if, if they can continue with like Brandon Ingram's great run that he's had and, you know, if Lonzo can get better, I know he struggled some this year. Um, Josh Hart off the bench, you know, if they can get just a couple more like key players like JJ Redick types that they have, then I think that'll be very beneficial for them. Definitely. Um, so out of those three guys, who do, who do you think will have the best chance to win a championship? Not just MVP, but a championship. I think Luca will. Yeah, that's um, where just, where I stand too at this point. Just just team wise, just because I think he probably has. Well, I don't know New Orleans. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I just don't trust Memphis. I I know they'll go to the playoffs probably almost every year, just like they always will. They'll be a, you know. I I would say their ceiling is probably a four seed. Um. <clears throat> but David Griffin in um, New Orleans, I think, is big because he does a pretty good job. But I think Dallas definitely has the most st- stability as a franchise. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll agree with that. I think Mark Cuban is a good enough team owner to get guys in and make smart decisions. To So the ownership around Luka is good enough to, one, keep him there, and two, to get Good for agents with them, um, but I, dude, I think Memphis, man, I, I know they're always trying to get a title and maybe be hurting for one, etc. But 
I just, I don't know what peak Zion is, right? We're only into a year, but I think peak John Morant could win an MVP. It'd be tough, but he could win one. Whereas Zion's incredible. Zion could win every single dunk contest for the rest of his career, and he could win, um, you know, maybe most improved player, you know, a couple, you know, a season or two or whatever, but he's so good. But I, I just think that one of these days, someone's going to figure him out and not figure him out completely. Of course, it never happens in the NBA. That's why these guys are in the NBA, but just, just be able to, you know, oh, this is how we guard Zion. This is what we do to take away his, you know, ability to make baskets under the rim or, or whatever it is. Right. And, I don't know if that's possible, but you know it's 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 going to be interesting either way. So let me uh, try yeah, to add Bo back into the the conversation okay. here. Um, of course, <coughs> podcast over Skype. Sorry, listeners, but um, we did lose Bo here for a minute because um, that's how it is sometimes with your friends all being in different <laughs> states. So, Bo, what were you catch catch me up here? Um, kind of rewind a little bit. Jake and I both said that we. You know, say it'd be um, Luca, and then you know a big step down, and then Jaw or Zion. But kind of finish off your point here. Yeah. So uh, where did I cut off at? I believe you were talking about how you think Luca will have the best, have, you know, be the best player. No. Yes. Yeah. So I think Luca will definitely be the best player. Um, Jaw, I think so. Jaw, I kind of compared him to Damian Lillard, and that uh, they were both. Uh, picked, I think Ja was number two and Damian Lillard was number six in the first round. So I think that I, was my ja call too, Bo. Oh, hey, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's just coming from, um, I don't, because I didn't know Damian Lillard all that well when he first came to the league. But since, I mean, his Aria moment against the OKC Thunder last year, I think that just put him on another pedestal. So I think Ja will have. Uh, career like that if he continues with the Grizzlies um, and I think Zion Zion is going to do fine um, I don't think he'll have a career like Luka though okay fair enough well moved on to I believe the last NBA question I had for you guys here who has your favorite uniform of the season An NBA season so far who's who's worn the best uniform I am biased to the OKC Thunder, the orange jerseys Ooh. with the just the OKC on the front and like bright blue, just beautiful, beautiful pieces of art. The statement orange uniforms with the blue piping around it has got to be one of my favorites too, especially the Oklahoma State fan in me and alum, um, as I know you guys are as well. Makes me really love those uniforms. But what about you, Jake? Um. Mine is probably the Miami, the Vice jerseys. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would never buy one. I would never wear one. Um, maybe I would now, but I'm, I am I like the Heat. I, I definitely like them a whole lot more now that Dwayne Wade's gone. Because, um, you know, I'm not going to go into a tangent about Dwayne Wade. But... Uh, yeah, I definitely think we saw those um, those blue ones live against the Hawks. And actually, I don't know, the Hawks Peachtree City ones, those are really cool. Diana just said those are really dope. Um, and yeah, she bought a Vince Carter one. 
So that's pretty wow. cool. Okay. Because <clears throat> um, Vince Carter is her favorite player, 45-year-old Vince Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. But the Peachtree City ones are really cool. Um, I definitely think it it brings out <clears throat> a lot of Atlanta, which, as you know, I'm, I'm thrilled about. Um, even though I hate the Hawks. Uh, Fair enough. The, the Heat ones are very, very cool, too. Fair enough. Um, mine's mine's uh, actually got to be those Vancouver Grizzlies and the John Morant um, Grizzlies jerseys. Oh yeah, those those are just the teal on those. Um, at least I've been hurts teal. Um, are, are just awesome. Um, you know the throwbacks to you know Brian Big Country Reeves when he played um, for the Vancouver Grizzlies. Of course, Oklahoma State guy, but when they actually were the Vancouver Grizzlies, I think. Those are just awesome. Um, they're really unique to know their NBA team has something like that with the big, um, you know, grizzly bear on the chest as well. And that's kind of, that's probably my favorite, if I had to say. I love the thunder ones and I love the thunder orange ones a lot too. Um, Detroit's got some really cool, um, red motor city jerseys that are red with like the blue stripes down the middle, but they're Those like, awesome they've too. got like tire Very tracks on them or so. There. Soccer jersey esque, what you're saying? Yeah, with the stripes. I was mm-hmm. looking at those. I, I kind of like those. They've grown on me a lot. Uh, I didn't like them at first, but now I'm like, ooh, man, those are good. Um, yeah. And then, of the course. The Wizards have the worst ones. What's fault to that? Just the DC on the front? Yeah, they're pretty awful. Yeah. Um, what shocker? Wizards awful at something? No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But but anyways, I mean those. I guess those are my favorite. Um, Utah Jazz ones are really really cool too. Those purple ones with the mountains. I think th- I think they're planning those on Wednesday when the Thunder play out <coughs> there. Um, and those are really the cool old, too. The old Stockton Malone jerseys. Yeah, I guess I'm a big fan of the throwback jerseys. Really, really is what I'm figuring out here. Um, did you know. the Nuggets? Did they introduce the white jerseys? Was kind of like the the faded look of the Denver skyline, like the. The rainbow skyline. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Were those introduced this year or last year? I forget, honestly. I don't know. I mean, they're good. I just don't like them as much as I like some of the other ones, to be honest. Yeah. That's definitely a a pick number two for me. Yeah, Phillies are kind of lame, too. Not going to lie. Well, I also... Just the ones that say Phila on them. Because they didn't do like the old ones, like the Dr. J ones, where they had the the stripes on them, where mm-hmm. they were white on the top with the with the blue and red stripes on the bottom, like the old White Sox jerseys. <laughs> um, they didn't do those, but the the new ones are just like they're almost just as bland as the Wizards ones are. Yeah, the- I'll say <laughs> when they fell out Philadelphia, it's like the cream colored one. Like, uh-huh. those, those are pretty cool. But yeah, I don't like the Phila. That's I really don't like the Sacramento um, City jerseys just because they're not. I'd like them if they were purple or if they were their secondary color was purple. It just is weird for me to be like, oh yeah, the Kings are blue and red. Whenever I'm just <laughs> randomly watching a game on League Pass, and I'm like, wait a second, I thought I turned on the Kings game, and it's like, oh, I did, but they're now wearing blue or red. When I always, th- I always think of them as wearing purple, always. You know, yeah. color scheme is cool, but yeah, other than that. 
the car seems cool. It just doesn't seem like it's, you know, actually the Kings, I guess is a better way of putting it. Um, well, lastly here. Uh, one more. One yeah. more. I, got, I got Wolves is pretty terrible, too. Oh, yeah. Wolves. <coughs> and then the, the black the, and like the pink ones. Yeah, those are. I think it's, I think they just. I know they're trying to do the Prince thing or whatever, but like it was good for the first couple of years, but now it's like, all right, we, we we're good, you know. So yeah, change it up yeah. a little bit, you know. Throw it back to the. Um, also, the the you know the Lakers are a little bit weird. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I just think the Lakers, like the Lakers and Celtics. I don't. I mean, it's cool they have city jerseys, but I don't know. It just seems odd when they're wearing them. Right, like I just think the Celtics are either wearing green or white, you know. And the Celtics are wearing black. It's like, uh, okay, like, no, no, it just seems off. I don't know. I'm just not as I'm just not as into like those two really classic teams not wearing either like yellow and gold. Uh, excuse me, either gold and purple or um, you know, green and white. So, but that's just me. Uh, can I can I ask what is Cream City? So there are some buildings in Milwaukee that are cream colored. The bricks are. Okay. Um, I don't know why I know this information, but I do. And yeah, I'm, I'm questioning you now. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> there are some. I, I think I looked it up because I was just as curious. Um, <clears throat> there are some bricks, and like the brick color for a lot of major city buildings for Milwaukee are cream colored. So that's why they're named Cream City for their city jerseys. Okay. Well then. But you know what? I encourage everyone listening to podcasts here at close to minute 55 or 56 to look that up for me just in case I'm wrong and let me know if I am. Um, more than happy to know. So lastly here for you guys, um, I know it's kind of the XFL stuff. Maybe I'll talk more about it since I've watched a couple games now. But do you think now you know, after tonight's Vibers um, game here at 9 p.m., do you guys think that the XFL has been a success so far halfway through their season? I say yes. Um, now, I, I'm not <clears throat> I'm not going to lie and say that I've watched really any of it. But just based off of, like, if I haven't watched it and I feel like it's a success, I feel like that's a good thing. Like, because people are still talking about it, which is ultimately what makes money in the end, right? Like, you want people to talk about it. You want media coverage. I mean, it's on television, so it can't be that bad. Mm -hmm. um, seems like the games are pretty good, you know, especially with um, <clears throat> the conversions that you can have. Like, that seems like a lot of fun. And it seems like there's a lot of guys that are getting discovered. Um, I know, what, what's his name? PJ Williams? I don't yeah, remember. Sounds, I mean, the, the guy for the... Houston team who um, was on the Colts practice to, squad. Yeah, and he went to Temple, and I, I read something where Andrew Luck called his dad because his dad is Oliver Luck is the commissioner, CEO, whatever, of the XML, and he told him that, you know, you guys need to look at this guy, and I think that's pretty cool. Like, you know, you see these guys that can actually play with, other NFL players, like the guys that are playing in the XFL are NFL players, or at least they once have been before. Um, and so I, I just think that's super cool that, that these guys will get discovered. And hopefully, I mean, I think, I think the, the cap is, you know, you make money off of essentially uh, probably a higher level triple a football league. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I definitely agree on that. I think the XFL has been a success so far just because of the um, the amount of times they're at least on national TV. Like, um, I think almost every game's on CBS or ESPN, so easy to watch. And we're seeing a lot of, like, different stuff, right? Like the one, two, and three-point conversions, but also the kickoffs. I think the kickoffs are um, really cool the way they do them versus, like, the NFL kickoffs, where now we seldomly ever see somebody return a kick and even return it back to the 25-yard line or the 20-yard line. And instead, now, watching XFL, we at least see the kickoffs where there's something going on, and it looks like it's just as safe as NFL kickoffs, at least, too, which I, I think is definitely... Uh, a big plus if, you know, as long as the NFL or XFL is going to keep kickoffs part of the game, it's cool to see it, um, you know, in the XFL. I like it better than the NFL. Yeah, I think the XFL has done successful um, from a standpoint where it's like they have a lot more freedom um, to do things. Like first thing with the, the team names or the logos, like the Tampa Bay Vipers or the... Uh, the Dallas Renegades or the Washington Defenders. I think they just have a lot more freedom to do that, but also to scale it to a professional level because they are in the XFL and it is, we'll just call it like a filler league for NFL players or um, people want to get noticed by the NFL. Um, so I think that's where <clears throat> sex comes from is that they have that freedom, but they also know that these guys are... Um, undrafted guys who just want to get noticed and you know, I think that we'll definitely start to see some stories where um, I played in this league and now I'm here and I'm doing, doing good in this league in the NFL now gotcha alright and then last few questions about the XFL you're all kind of combined into one um, what, what would you improve about the XFL next year or yeah, which players would you want to want to see that are not currently in the NFL or XFL at least? Bo, any any player you want to see in the XFL that's currently not in there? Um, I want to see. Let's see. Let's see some Chad Whitener on defense. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to see like any OSU people or um. Bo Scarborough, does he even play in the NFL, or what's his status these days? I think he's with the Lions. With the Lions, okay. I don't think, but I mean, he's like, the first year he was on all practice squad, so maybe like, i like to see Bo Scarborough in the, in the XFL. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, you think that, that well, I mean, he's currently playing for the Lions, so I mean, is there any, like, player that right now that's not in the NFL that you want to see in the XFL at least not in the NFL yeah not in the NFL I mean because yeah I mean I I mean not to not to be that dude but you know personally I'd love to see um Leonard Fournette you know um in the XFL because I think he'd run over everyone but he's not gonna leave the NFL is there like a ex-Heisman winner or something like that you go oh man I'd love to see him um yeah, love to see him basically in the XFL. Um, so not an ex Heisman player, and certainly not uh, an NFL player. Uh, but Barry J. Sanders, drop your job okay. at ESports. Um, 
I yep. mean, he didn't have the best career at OSU, but I mean, he still he still played, and he. I mean, I think that just one season, see how it goes. Honestly, just hearing the name Barry J. Sanders would be pretty cool, and seeing it on a jersey, who wouldn't want that? So I think, yeah, Barry J. Sanders. Gotcha. Well, um, I'm going to say my my three, I guess at least. Um, I'd love to see Johnny Manziel because not only would he bring insanity to the XFL, but the quarterback play so far is the only thing I'd really is like the biggest thing I'd say to improve in the XFL. Granted, I understand like the guys who are backups in the NFL would rather be a backup in the NFL, get that paycheck versus getting a paycheck in the XFL, so they're not going to leave and we're arguing to the backups. But still, you know, Manziel, I mean, you know, the same thing I would say about like Tim Tebow, I think would be fun, you know, at least. The guy won a playoff game, for goodness sakes, and led a team to the playoffs, even how fluky it was. It still was cool to see. Um, so I'd say that. And then the two other ones I have are Denard um, Robinson, who was the Michigan guy. Now that I'm in Michigan, I'm learning more about them every day. And uh, Denard Shoelace Robinson, who was the electric quarterback slash, you know, had a couple stints as a running back in the NFL. Like to see him play. Or uh, Rico Gathers, the, um, the, the try-to-be tight end for um, the Dallas Cowboys. That didn't work out because, of course, he played um, and still played basketball for four years. <laughs> Jake, you got one or two as we ended out here? Oh boy. Huh. I think Manzel's probably a pretty good one. I you know, I still can't believe that he was drafted um in the first round of the NFL. That still is wild to me. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I, I I definitely think Manzel's a good one. Um Maybe a Trent Richardson type. Mm, mm, mm. Eddie Lacy. Um, all those Alabama running backs that ended up getting fat. Uh, and, I mean, Eddie Lacy's still in the league, right? I don't think so. I, I want to say Eddie Lacy's still playing for the Packers. I might be wrong. He might play for some other team. I'm going to look it up real quick, real quick. Wow, that was horrible. Um said that a lot better than another podcast but yeah he's with the seahawks um i'd like to see lamar jackson <laughs> <laughs> i would yeah i would love to patrick, see these guys patrick with, mahomes <laughs> I would, I would, okay okay that's the other thing too i guess and maybe i'll ask on a future podcast but who would you love to see play in the xbox you think they would just dominate and i guess that's where i come in with like the fournette or you know even um oh gosh who's the guy who ran over everyone um, for the Titans. Um, Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Derrick Henry. Let's see him play in the XFL, right? And, but at the end of the day, like, these guys are still really talented. They're still going to be able to bring the guy down. Just, you would think not as well as the NFL guys. But then again, maybe the XFL brings in a brand new idea and way to get them down or whatever. So, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it'd be, be fun no matter what, I guess. So... Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me here on the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. I will um, please follow at the CGA Tour on Instagram and Twitter if you're not already. And then follow Bo and Jake wherever you can find them on social media as well. Any last words, guys? Thanks for having me, Calvin. Of course, Bo. Go go Zards. Go Zards. All right. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Talk to you again soon. (laughs) All right. See ya. Bye.